Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner-Eyrich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Sonia Cruz Oro is a certified travel coach and an organizational psychologist and founder of Travel Awakens. Having experienced her own transformation through travel, Sonia helps individuals, couples, and groups to enjoy travel as a means to achieve the experiences, goals, and transformation they seek. Travel Awaken provides a comprehensive travel and personal development service by combining the best of travel planning and life coaching. Sonia is also the author of How to Create the Life You Desire, as well as the host of the Travel Coach podcast series. She is originally from Spain, but is now living in Ireland with her husband. In this conversation, we discuss her path from a corporate career to creating Travel Awakens, a year of travel that was the catalyst for this transformation, and what travelers can do to make their own experiences more personally transformational. For those of you who are regular listeners, you'll know that this is the kind of conversation where I'm happy to spend hours unwrapping all the possibilities, but somehow we manage to keep it to just an hour. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Sonia Cruz Oro. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I am so happy to be joined by Sonia Cruz Oro today, and she is joining us from Ireland. And we are going to explore um, transformational travel and travel coaching. So I'm really excited about both of these topics. These are things that are important in a Lotus Sojourn. And so I'm really looking forward to sharing this specifically with the Soul of Travel travel listeners. So, um, Sonia, welcome. Thank you, Christine. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and having this uh, amazing opportunity to chat about it. Thank you. Um, To begin our conversation, I would love for you to just introduce yourself and talk a little bit about who you are in the world of travel. And then we'll go into um, a little bit of your history and the journey you took into the space of travel. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, as you were saying, my name is Sonia Cruz Oro. I'm a certified travel coach and founder and founder of Travel Awakens. I like to describe travel coaching as a life coach who uses travel as a vehicle for transformation. And uh, yeah, I combine life coaching with transformational travel. And my specialization is uh, travel for self-discovery. It's something that is close to my heart and I'm passionate about. I love that. Um, I feel like travel can really be a vehicle for so many things that it's this way that we see the world and then we can use it as a way to kind of examine ourselves in that process. And so it becomes so much more than travel, which is something that we definitely really deeply connected on when we first met. So um, I'm really excited to explore what that means. And especially for any of our listeners who maybe haven't thought about travel in that context, really examining how travel can be this vehicle for exploration and awareness and change. But to begin, um, I would love for you to share. I know that you started out in the corporate world and were very dedicated to your career. And I think very similarly to a lot of people who maybe are listening, you know, had this kind of this end point in mind, this like level of success that you thought once you got there, you would be like, aha, I have arrived. Um, And then you got there and you were like, aha, something is missing. (laughs) And so um, I would love for you to just kind of walk us through that and get us to that point. And then we can look at, you know, where you went from there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, sometimes the same story. And I'm sure many people can resonate. Yeah. So my story, yeah, my background is in IT, in corporate IT. I, uh, I am originally from Spain. So I started there. I follow my uh, parents advice. As a, as a little girl, I always look um, up to my father. I wanted to be, you know, like my father, independent, successful. And his advice was always have good grades. He was very demanding with that. So eight out of 10 was not good enough. I had to be the best. And uh, yeah, so I was doing my best to have the best grades I could to also have his approval and validation and then have a, find a good job and uh, go as high as you can. So I did that, right? So I, I had a good job. I uh, actually, yeah, enjoyed. I was good at it. I learned. I uh, started in customer services. Uh, I was like being a technician in customer service. And then I was promoting, you know, slowly uh, finding my way in the, in the ladder of the corporate, being a team leader, a team manager. Then I had an opportunity to change um, uh, countries. So I had a, an international opportunity to promote, which I was so excited about it. And it's when I moved to Ireland. And this was six years ago. So I can tell you that uh, I'm, I've always been very empathetic, uh, very sensitive girl, uh, woman. But uh, being in the corporate, so it's something that I had to, I feel now looking from, you know, looking backwards, that I was actually playing like a role. Playing like, you know, uh, covering myself with kind of protection or mask or tell it the way you want to have to be somebody to have this approval recognition or being this managerial position that I actually was not who I was. But I thought something was wrong with me because I could not feel like, you know, I could be myself there. 
So it was, was in this, this moment that I thought I was looking for something outside. So maybe, you know, changing countries. So I moved to uh, Ireland and here I get a promotion, you know, it was the job of my dreams. And I actually, as I said, was not a bad job. I actually was good at it. I was enjoying it, managing people, you know, uh, I, I was coaching them and leading, leading the teams. So that was great. But it was that point on my career after a couple of promotions being in Ireland that I start feeling again the same, right? I start feeling that uh, something was missing. I was for the next thing. And it was this promotion that I thought was uh, what I always was looking for, expecting when I move and all the, the efforts I did, that uh, my boss, actually the director, was leaving the company and I had the opportunity, me and my colleague, the other manager, to apply for it. And it's like rationally was like, of course, <laughs> of course I want that because I've been, I, I didn't come so far to, to just being that far. So I want, I want this, but something feels so, I don't know, not aligned. I don't know how to explain it. It was something that in my body was like not feeling right. I suppose the, the mask I had to wear for this role was so big <laughs> that I could not, uh, yeah, my body was just, was not resonating, right? So it was, I had to make this decision that was very difficult in my career to decide not to go in this direction anymore after nearly 20 years of doing this. And uh, yeah, thinking that I had no more options because all my life, you know, in my late 30s, what I going to do now? Start from scratch again after all this investment in career and education. Um, I felt quite lost, honestly. And, and I didn't know what to do, but I knew for sure that was not the... This I knew for sure, that was not the, the direction for me. So I just decided not to apply and I didn't know what to do. So what I did is like, because my, you know, um, investment always in my mindset, I, um, invested in coaching, personal development has always been in my life since, since young age. I'm also a psychologist, you know, a leadership management, all these investments that I've done during these years. And I knew that, um, what's your purpose is aligned with your passion. So it's something that you need to, to follow your heart. What, what you feel passionate about? What would you do if you, you know, were not paid? Or what would you do for the rest of your life, not being paid and not feeling resentful about it? And the answer was travel. So I would just travel. I knew it was something about travel. But yeah, so at the point, I didn't have any idea or any expectations about do anything, you know, professionally about it. Just I knew I wanted to travel. And it was something about personal development and travel, something around that. So what I did is just I start traveling. So I just enroll a travel club. I start meeting lots of people around the world. I start, uh, you know, um, prioritizing, prioritizing my joy, prioritizing my passion over my career. And I visited, this was uh, 2019. I visited, uh, I did 15 trips that year to 11 countries in this 12 month, which I thought was impossible. So just changing mindset, you know, we, we just, all the excuses we we buy to ourselves that I have no time, I have no money, I have no companions. You get rid of all these excuses and you make it happen. And and this was just a totally change in my mind. So it was actually when I discovered travel coaching after that, well, you know, one thing bring the other one. And is when I connected with actually what I want to do with um, my my profession, which is now. I also met my husband. So actually it was everything changed for me. And uh, yeah, so one uh, 2020 last year, I just quit my job in corporate and I decided to go full in, full time in travel coaching. Um, there's so many amazing things that I think people can really relate to in your story. Like one for me of this idea of 
of checking the boxes. Like I very much also remember having a conversation with my dad when I was little and he was like, you know, you're, you're so bright. You're very smart. This is the path I see for you. Here's like the boxes that you can start checking so that you can get here. And, and I was like, okay. And just like start checking all the boxes. And I remember I had a moment like pretty early in college where I was probably already feeling this um, misalignment but I didn't know what it was. I was too young. I didn't really have any words for it. And I actually, I quit college for a little while. And then my path just kind of went all over the place for a really long time until it came back. And it ended up coming back in the context of sociology and being a global citizen and then tourism. But it was like, every time I would check a box my reaction would just be like, no, and jump ship. And it was so counter to this persona that I had created and this mask that I was wearing of straight A student, follow the rules, be in line. And even in this moment, I'm really reflecting on how much I did that. Like I would check the box and I would just like jump ship. It was like, not that box. Um, But I kept trying because I was like, this is a way you're supposed to do it. And so then I you know, finished college, got my master's, like tried to do all of the things that we're supposed to do. And so I, I'm sure that there's other people that can really relate to that feeling. And um, I wish, and I'm, I'm hoping that because this type of conversation is becoming so much more common in many cultures around the world of passion and purpose And then career instead of this like career and passion and purpose, like have no place (laughs) that, that maybe this will allow for people to really actually do the thing that they're meant to do. That really, if we do the thing in alignment, we're probably going to serve others in a much greater way than trying to do things according to some path. So I really, I really appreciate you sharing that because um, it's something that really resonates for me and something I really try to share with my daughters, like to listen to those cues and to say like, you know, how, how is your body actually responding to this? And sometimes they look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, I don't know how my body's responding to this. We are trained to not listen to our feelings and push yeah. through our feelings. So if something does not feel good or you are, just push and do it anyway, you know, so we are, we are so mental. And so, you know, what we have to, instead of what we want or what feels right. So it's, it's totally a changing mindset. We need to start changing and, and by education to, you know, daughters especially and, and children to do it different for themselves, to be happy as well. Yeah. My daughter, actually, she, she stayed home this morning. She's like, I just, I don't feel okay to go to school today. And I'm like, okay, going through the checklist, like, do you feel ill? Do you have a headache? Do you have a stomach ache? Um, are you overtired? Are you this? Are, are you sad? Are you, is there something that you like that you're feeling that you can't process? And she's like, it's like somewhere in between those two things. Like she said, my body isn't sick, but I don't feel well. And I'm not really emotional, but there's just something. And so I was even thinking about like, naming that for her just saying like I need a self-care day like I just need a few hours to figure out why I feel this way and that's that kind of like developing that muscle now so that when we feel that in a bigger way later that we know how to connect to it and and respond and and trust ourselves and trust that feeling I would think this self-awareness is is absolutely amazing I don't know how old is your daughter but this is 
it's good to have this uh, since, uh, you know, hopefully I've been educated to have this connection with uh, my body and my feelings. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you're saying you took a year, you kind of, um, you, you heard that call, I guess, or that nudge from yourself that you needed to do something else. And then, as you said, you started traveling and all of a sudden, instead of having all these barriers, you just put them aside and then your life really started to open up for you in a different way. You said you met your husband um, and then started this completely uh, other lifestyle, this other way of being. And I'm just wondering for you, like, how has that, what has been that response for you personally? And then how has that rippled out? Yeah, well, I'm sure it was not a coincidence, you know. So all this year that I said I invested on travel and how everything turned around was not by by coincidence. So it's actually now as, as a travel professional, a travel coach, that I'm seeing all the researches, all the actually scientific evidences that say, you know, that it was was actually thanks to travel also as a catalyst and connecting with my joy and what made me happy. Everything around me changed. Mm-hmm. So it was a consequence. So this was a big realization that all these years pushing, pushing, pushing to have success, to be, you know, somebody. And, and actually it was that easy, like make yourself happy, make yourself happy first, and then everything will change around you. So it's totally flipping around what, what we are trained or educated in society, in schools, by our parents. So it was actually totally, you know, a big, big uh, open, open eyes for me. Mm-hmm. So when people are hearing you say that you have then become, you found travel coaching and, and um, life coaching, can you explain a little bit what that means? What do you do as a travel coach and, and what does that offer others? Yeah. So I knew that uh, it, it was something. So I didn't know what I did at that time. Yeah. So I just knew what happened. And, and looking backwards again is what you connect the dots. So I was saying, okay, it's something about mindset and personal development, because I know I was doing work on myself as well, but at the time and looking with coaches and mentors always, but the time I, that year I actually really invested and was something about travel. So was both together. So it was something about travel and coaching, but I didn't know that travel coaching was a thing. So I never heard about it. It's actually quite new. There is a, you know, got certified um, at the beginning of this year, but something that maybe is two or three years old as a certification by the International Coach Federation. So it's something that I discovered by searching on Google. So it was searching on Google, right? Because I, I knew I wanted to do that for other people as well. It worked so well for me and I could help others to, to achieve the same results and transformation, mixing both coaching and travel. But I didn't know how it looked like. So I started researching and actually just it, it come to my, uh, you know, in Google, it comes like travel coaching and, and I start researching and it's actually a thing. It's actually a profession. It's a certified. It's, you know, there is a homologation. Is is something that is, uh, yeah, and structure is, is something that is working and people is using. So this is actually what, uh, what came uh, to me as a, as a consequence of, so did it. I did it in myself. I knew what I wanted to do. Just I needed a label or name, I suppose, to a title and a certification, regulated certification to become travel coach. And as I said, it's mix is travel coaching using um, life coaching with transformational travel or using travel as a way, as a vehicle of transformation. So you want to explain a bit uh, deeper about exactly what, what, how it helps travel 
Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Just, I'm going to say one thing. I think it's so interesting because I have done that random Google search <laughs> as well. And you're <laughs> like, what am I? I like this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, ta-da. But I kind of landed in transformational travel the same way where I was like, okay, I have seen travel do this in myself. I have seen travel do this for others. What is this? And I myself was just saying like, travel is transformational. Travel is transformational. I kept hearing myself say this. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to do it intentionally. And I'm going to say this is transformational travel. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I run into this whole community called the Transformational Travel Council. And I was like, it's a real thing. Like I didn't make this up. So for people like I think it's so hard to trust ourselves, right? Like we really need, and like you said, I, then you were, you went to seek out the certification so that you have a label so that you know what to call yourself so that we can tell others what we do, but all along you already knew what it was within. And it's so interesting that that need to be able to say what we do or to label it, to communicate it to others. Um, And this space I think is really gray with that because it's really hard to tell others what we want to offer them because it's their own personal journey, but we have to still find this way to connect to them so that we can offer them this experience and this period of growth and this catalyst for discovery. So Uh, It just really resonates for me because I feel like I've done the exact same thing. Like, okay, Google, tell me what I'm going to be when I grow up. (laughs) Um, Confirmation that you are not actually making these things up. It's not just, uh, you know, uh, uh, something that is in your mind, that is actually something that is is there and is proven. And you are not the first one who had this experience. And it's, yeah, so I suppose it's hard to believe that you are the first one that this happened to you. And uh, actually it's contraproductive because if you were the first one, you would be missing a big opportunity, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's true. So you said other people also, you know, uh, did this transformation through travel and is actually there is researches, studies and, and certifications about it. So just going deeper and know more about it. Because if these people are leading, are pioneers, are leading the way because they've been there first, they know more than I, I am that I just came here. So it's about learning as well, using these people who is, uh, you know, before you to help you, to pull you as well um, and, and help better and don't need to spend all this year that maybe they spent it before to to be, to be know what they know. So learn from, their, from them as a mentors as well. Yeah. Yes, I definitely agree. Um, well, I would then love for you to share um, as, a, as a travel coach, what is it that you do? Yeah, so I arrived to the conclusion, right, after all this. And this is my personal view. I know many travel coaches, everybody will have their own personal view. Mm -hmm. So travel actually helps for two different reasons. That is a catalyst for transformation. And it's a combination that I think is very unique of travel. I don't know any other thing that has these two factors, which is first of one, it puts you out of your comfort zone, which is the only place you can grow as a human being, out of your comfort zone. And the second one is it frees you from expectations. So this is about this, uh, we were talking about the roles, the masks that we wear, that we learn to behave as, depending on, you know, if you are a mom or you are an employee or you are a boss or you are whatever you are in, in the society. So when you travel, you, you are free of this. You don't have this 
responsibilities, roles, or even identities, part of your identity that you have been repeating and repeating and repeating so much that you believe is you, but then when you travel, you are free from that. So it is combination of these two factors, you know, the thing that for me, I believe is uh, what makes this uh, so powerful. And then with the help of the life coaching, you know, help with uh, saying why you are traveling, what's the intention, what do you expect from it? And connecting with, you know, the feelings, the intention, the what you need to do, being also the inner work, journaling, reflection, what do you want to change? Because if you want to transform, actually you want to change something. What's what you want, where you are, what you want to be. So this is the main thing of coaching, where you are, where you want to be. And and make sure that after your trip, actually you bring it back home. So it's, it's so sad when I see, you know, people that are wasting travel and just going away have this amazing experience or maybe insights or even breakthroughs, but then they don't know how to implement them in their daily life. So they come back again to the old patterns, old routines, back to where we were before. So they haven't grown actually as much as they could from this experience if they do it purposefully. Yeah. Oh my goodness. One of my notions or one of the ways I explain why transformational travel or um, intentional travel is so important is that we have these experiences and like you said, so many people just kind of come home and the like description I like to use is like, they just put it with their suitcase under their bed and like the travel experience happened and then it's done. And really it's like months and years after the travel experience and that reflection where we start to see what really happens. And like some of it can be very immediate, but there's all these other things that just like maybe loosened in that travel process that we need to kind of pull out and think about before they can become bigger changes. And um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about with you is I think there's a lot of resistance to the idea of transformational travel because the word transformation can cause a lot of resistance that people are maybe thinking, oh, I don't need to change. I don't want to change. And they're thinking change means like completely separating from who they are. And um, I really feel like what transformational travel does is maybe not allows you so much to change, but like you said, it, it helps you get rid of these masks and these layers and these identities that we have absorbed and really get back to our truest self. And I know for me, like that moment when I have like my backpack over my shoulder and my feet hit the ground somewhere else, it's like, there you are. It's like, I can get rid of everything else that I'm like juggling in my daily life. And I just get to be present with who I am. And like you said, that is what allows us to access something that we just truly can't in our daily life. Even if we are having a mindful practice and journaling and doing all these things, there's something about this extraction process that allows us to go a little bit more deep. So I would love for you to share something about like what you think that is and what that allows so it's it's totally that and and that's i'm just putting you know words to what we have already experienced and we know it happens but we don't know why it happens we feel this freedom yeah we feel when we travel 
And actually, it's just we can do, we can be our authentic self. We don't need to pretend or what people expect from us. When you are in your daily life, you, you know, even dress and makeup and how people expect you to, to be or to, to behave. And it's very difficult to behave in a different way because the, the environment just pulls you to, to, to be this person and show these, uh, these uh, behaviors. And also people around you that think very similar. Usually when it's the same culture, right? So you go to a different culture and these people think totally different. It's like, oh, okay. So what I thought was right, maybe it's not that right, or there is no better or worse. These other points of view and also changes your lenses and how you see the world and how you see yourself and how other people see you. You know, so maybe people around you see you as, as in a personality trait and then you go there and they see you, oh, but you're actually not boring. You're actually very funny. It's like, oh, am I? This kind of thing, you know, you see other aspects of yourself and this, so if you ask my opinion, it happens because when we create these roles, actually we are, what we are doing is uh, we create this uh, part of our identity by repetition, by habituation, which is also connected with the out of the comfort zone. So we are out of our area of comfort and familiarity, where when we are in our familiar zone or comfort zone, we are 95% on autopilot. And this is like, what? So we are only 5% conscious, making conscious decisions. 95% of the time we are repetition. So think about your routine when you wake up. Yeah, you wake up the same side of the bed and you go to the bathroom and then you go to the uh, breakfast and you have the same cup of tea with the same cup and you sit in the same place looking at the same, you know, um, window and then you meet the same people and you have the same routines and then you go back again, go to bed, and the day after, most of the same. Yes, yeah? so we are repeating and repeating and repeating. So our body eventually knows better than us, and we don't need even to think. It's, you know, this feeling when you are driving that uh, you can think on what you are going to make for uh, dinner or what you were discussing with your boss in the morning, and you are driving and you don't know, oh, I arrived already. So your body knew, right? So it's, it's autopilot. So when we are in our familiar environment, in our comfort zone, we are in autopilot. When we are traveling, is something new? Is something okay? Now I have, I actually have to make decisions here. Where I'm going to go? So you are present. You are in control. So you break this familiarity. And also the roles is the same. Your identity as a mom, as a, you know, business owner, as a neighbor, as a daughter is actually repetition of habituations of relationship. You with your, with your daughters every day, the same relationship. You are building this uh, part of you which is the identity, which is actually a coat or a, or, or a mask of uh, the role you have. When you are travel, traveling, you don't have this. It's, it's different. You break you break the routine. You know, you break the familiarity. So that's why it, it's so powerful. Actually, you are more aware of your automatic programs and you can change them because you only can change them when you are aware. When you are inside the program, in the automatic pilot, you, you don't know. But when you are aware, when you are outside, then you see it from the outside. And then is when you can actually take action and change what you don't like. Yeah, uh, that statistic is a little bit mind-blowing for me right now that 5% of the time is when you're actually present. And yet, I also feel that deeply because it's like most of the day and then you have a moment and you're like, oh, it's like your soul is like, again, it's that I see you, here you are. And then you like right back into like, dinner, carpool, blah, 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 blah. And then like maybe another moment you'll pop up and, and you surface. And, um, for me, like 
I think I noticed I started becoming addicted to those moments, right? Those moments of awareness. And I, and I, it happens maybe when I'm reading or having a really powerful conversation with someone or meditating. And they were like, maybe had a few more pockets of that clarity and that connection to myself. And I thought like, when else does this happen? And, and again, like within travel, it's just, so much more. And like you said, it's because you have to make decisions, you have to be aware, or you're going to get lost, or you're going to, you know, find yourself where you don't want to be. And um, you, you don't know how to read the menu. So you're really thinking things through or things like that. And so then, over the last the course of the last two years with the pandemic, um, I've been thinking, like, how do we bring this thing that happens in travel into our daily life, because it is so profound and so important. And so like my ideas have been, you know, drive a different way to work, like get yourself out of that autopilot, go to a different restaurant, sit on the other side of the coffee shop. Like it doesn't have to be a huge experience, but your brain will wake up and like your soul will wake up and you will start to notice something else. And then maybe that's when you, you meet this person or you pick up this magazine and the universe is like, aha, here's the thing I've been trying to give you, but you were sleeping. (laughs) And so I just think that like combining this art of travel is kind of what I call it, like these, these mindsets and practices. Like if you become aware of who you are and how you are when you travel and then bring that back to your life, then this catalyst that travel is can become even more impactful. But I would love for you to speak to that. How do you help your travelers when you're coaching them to be more present when they're traveling? And then how do they bring that awareness back into their daily lives? Yeah, so it's, it's because we are so much up in our head, yeah? So it's something that we've been, again, trained to do and being, it's, 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 I suppose, is also the society, you know, that is uh, very masculinized mm-hmm. and it's about doing, thinking and planning and thinking about the future and it's not being present and being in your body. And travel helps you to do that, helps you to be present and helps you to stay in, in your body. So this is one of the main you know, jobs I do with my clients, help them to become aware of what they are in their head, they are in their body, and this helps to be more present. There are some tools that they can use, you know, and, and when they are aware and they catch themselves being in their mind, oh, I'm in my mind again, go to your, your body. You can connect with your breath. You can connect with objects outside of you. When you go for a walk, be actually present, you know, with the nature, what the trees are teaching you about resilience, about, you know, so, so it's something that you can connect thanks to the environment in a new environment that brings you more this, uh, as I said, clarity and breaks the routine, but also is about your body, being out of your mind and being in your body. So this is one key thing that you need to be aware of and, and practice and it's easier. So when you travel, it's like a playground, it's easier than when you are at home. When you are in your routine, it's much more energy that you have because you have to break these routine, these programs. Yeah. So you have to be more aware. The body is just so habituated that it's like, oh, you now I'm waking up. Now it's, I'm, I'm in charge, you know? So it's much difficult to take the lead back when you are there. So it's about using travel, using this new environment as a playground and, and actually experience how it feels. Because most people don't know how it feels to be in their body. Most people don't know what actually feels, really feels being in the present moment. 
never experienced this and it's normal we've never been teached who, who learned this in the school nobody right so we learn always about memorizing and, and maths and using our mind but we didn't have um these experiences maybe now uh, lately there is more awareness about that and hopefully you know next generations we will have this uh, in schools but at least in my generation i didn't have that so it's something that um I teach them about being more in their body and being more present, using tools and also use travel and the new environment as a way for them and then journaling, you know, what, what they have realized and find ways to, to just tweak this, how in their being aware, how in their daily life they can start using more of this because then it's, it's very easy to come back, as I said, back to your duties and responsibilities and roles and jobs and Again, go go back to the familiar, go back to the old patterns. And it's about being, you know, very determined, making the decision. Don't need to be big step. Don't need to be a big, huge transformation. I mean, just small thing, small tweak that changes everything. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is why you are taking this trip, why you are traveling, right? Make sure you, you understand this, because if you don't know why you travel, why you travel, that's the first thing. And then what you can do different to make sure you don't go back to the same situation that make you try to, you know, go away and do things different. So also with awareness and, and coaching and inner work and questions and journaling. And there is a, yeah, internal work we do together to make sure they find what they can actually actions need to be baby steps, maybe that they can implement. So they actually change something in the routine. And they create a new routine. It's very repetition that you create a new routine that you substitute the one that is not serving you anymore for a new one that is more, you know, healthy and does not put you in this over mental space that then you need to escape of it. Mm -hmm. As you're speaking, I was really thinking a lot about how, how much people um, prescribe, I guess, meditation for kind of learning how to be in your body and, and the resistance that so many people have to it that I had to it when I was first told, like, you need to meditate. And it's like, <gasps> sitting still with my mind, absolutely not, not going to happen. Right. But then through that, like learning how to be in your body, like, when you sit down and like, feeling yourself touching the ground, like, if you just did that, you would be meditating, right? Like, if you learned how to feel the ground below you, and I tell my kids this all the time, like when I feel them like really spiraling off, I'm like, wiggle your toes and feel the ground. And they just like, they ground, right? And so, like you said, this, it doesn't have to be like, we don't all have to become these like mindfulness gurus. And we don't have to become, we don't have to be like hugely transformed to consider ourselves successful. We just need to find little tools. And I think also breath work, um, when you and I, landed in zoom today, I was coming into this space with you. And it's things I do like automatically. Now I don't even notice it. Other people will notice that they're like, Oh, I noticed you do this. I'm like, Oh, yeah, I forgot that I do that. But it's the way for me to like, come mm -hmm. into my body and come into the space. So if people are listening, and they they kind of want to play with this, like, even just taking like, a moment when you wake up, I also, I wiggle my toes a lot. Like I have a trouble with being grounded. So when I wake up, I like wiggle my toes and I just like notice that they're mm -hmm. on my body and I'm in my body and the breath is huge just to like, just magical to bring us inward and like 
even starting with those really basic practices, I think people would, instead of constantly projecting forward, like, what's my deadline? What's the next thing on my to-do list? Or like, oh, I'm so disappointed I did this and I'm frustrated I did this. We spend a lot of time in these two spaces and we we don't ever let us ourselves be here. And so, I don't know, do you have any tools that you would offer for how we can connect to this moment so that we can have that awareness as well? Yeah, you, you said that, you know, the, the attention in some parts of your body. So I'm thinking when you are walking, instead of being in your mind, which is the natural, you know, we, we've been so trained to be there that it's automatic. Put the attention maybe in your hips, how they move the hips uh, or the legs, you know, and some other parts of your body in the breath is very powerful as well. And then you can put also the, the attention using other, the five senses, basically. So you want to maybe sit in a bench uh, in the park, close your eyes and see how many noises can you hear. And you eventually will say, I only hear the birds. But then you close the eyes and you start hearing more things. Oh, my God, I also can hear the cars in the road behind there. And you start, you know, this is another kind of meditation. Mm-hmm. So it's using your five senses. If you're having a meal, you can hold it, uh, the taste. What's the flavor? What's the smell? Are we actually being present when we are having a meal or we are thinking about the next thing that I have to do, the past or the future? So it's the mindfulness, you know, being using the five senses, whatever is powerful for you. Being When you want to see uh, something, pick an, oj- an object yeah, with your hands and count five and say five, four, three, two, one. And then be fully present. Really look at this thing with all your body. So it's looking or listening or smelling or tasting with all your body while being present. So this is the most, I suppose, closer you will, you know, in a small uh, tool that you can be to the present moment. It feels like your head is totally empty. So you are fully present and there is nothing in your head. And it's like, and we need that. You know, it's like if you are physically tired climbing a mountain, you will need to sit down and rest your body. So you also need to rest your mind. So we need to do things. And it's just, as I said, you said, you don't need to be like a, you know, yogi or super expert in meditation. You can have this five minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. Maybe it's having a hot bath and relax with music, but do it every day. Have like a routine that uh, keeps you in this balance because we are so much in overhead. So I actually have in my diary, Every day, also as a business owner, I, I know I see the difference because when you are an employee, you have more, uh, you know, this schedule that you are working, you are working, and then you can separate, hopefully, the best of the cases. You can separate, you are at home and not thinking about work. Yeah, fingers crossed. But when you are a business owner, it's more difficult to separate because you are always thinking. Yeah. So in my schedule, you know, the times, and I'm quite, I have even alarms uh, in my phone. Now it's time, you know, for uh, work. Now it's time for the masculine and the feminine that I say, the yin and the yang, right? So now it's work time. Now it's relax and self-care and be present. But then being genuinely using this time for you because then you can use maybe this time to, I don't know, breathing uh, something that is also work, yeah? So it's kind of fooling yourself. So yeah, relax and do something that is creative, that uh, puts you in the present moment, 
you can, you know, uh, go and walk your dog or, or play with your cat, whatever it is that keeps you in the present moment that is just that connects you with joy and is not in the head. You will not, you will see that your, your, your energy is not there. It's just from the neck down. Mm-hmm. So anything that you can keep this balance is, is good. Yeah. Oh, I love this conversation so much. And I think, and I would love to invite people who are like, I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> if they're listening and having that moment, because it's, it is very hard because like you said, I, you don't even know what in your head means, right? You don't even know the difference because you don't have a contrast to it. But the moment that you find a way to get into that space, you're like, oh, okay. Like, and you might not, you might be there for like a 10th of a second, the first time you find it and you're like, oh, where did it go? But then it's, you know, it's a practice, like it's a meditation practice, a yoga practice, all this thing, it, it takes practice. So for people not to think like that they are failing at it, like it really does take time to, to do that. And like, I struggle with it constantly as well. Like I'll notice I'm really good at it. And then I'll take two weeks, like really the last two weeks. And I have been in my head and I have been pushing forward and I, and I start just craving all of these things to slow down and relax. And which I think is why often we get sick when we work like that, right? Because our body is saying, hey, you need this balance. You need to nourish. When we get sick, we like focus on what we're eating and we're drinking and how we're resting. And so that feminine energy rises up to take care of us. And um, again, I think it's something we're not culturally aware of that this difference between our masculine energy and our feminine energy and So I love how once you are kind of analyzing how you feel in travel, how you feel in life, you start to become aware of these different things and then you can create that balance. I read this book and I I wish I had it. I know it's on my bookshelf, but I can't remember the name right now. But one of the prompts is to eat an orange for 15 minutes. (laughs) And I, I remember reading and I was like, no, like what would, how, what, how could you do that? But like, like you said, hold the orange and just like feel it. How much does it weigh? What does the skin feel like? What does it smell like? And then you like peel it open. And then again, how does that feel different? Like, what does that remind you of? Does it bring anything up? And like eating every segment and tasting it and like being aware of chewing it and the process of doing that might be agonizing, but it also will really allow you to see how disconnected you are from your like bodily actions and how we are not present. Like most of us would grab it, be eating it, watching TV, texting, like letting the dog out. And, and this whole experience went by without us even knowing that it happened. And you know, Christine, when, when I was listening to you, I, I just thought that I imagine the listeners thinking, what a waste of time. Yeah. Because we are educated to think like that. So we are being educated like the all the feminine self-care, slow down, is a waste of time. It's weakness, it's just not worth it. So we are so programmed in the way that we need to do and achieve and make the most of the time. And and that's just a lie. And this is why we are getting, you know, sick, stress, all these this mental uh, mental health problems that we, we have because we are not we are out of balance. Right, any disease is a is an, an imbalance causes diseases. So we need to change this. We need to actually bring the dignity back to all the things feminine, and say that they are 
even even worth are the same kind of worth. They are not more or less. It's just the same. Mm-hmm. And it's about anything: doing versus being, giving versus receiving. Both are necessary, and we need more. So the the world itself is too much in the masculine. So we need more people, you know, being more in the feminine. So we can bring this balance, and and, and the world needs that, and we will appreciate it. Yeah. And I love when you travel to, and you travel somewhere that has a more dominant feminine energy. Like there's places I've landed and I can just feel it like literally like a warm hug, like this, this maternal energy. And you're like, thank goodness. Like it's again, it even adds to that, like taking off those layers that are, are linked to that masculine energy is like here. I don't have to be that. And it's like, I feel like you really feel it just, yeah, yeah, it's so calming. It's like the deepest breath. And, um, I, and again, I think this is where travel helps us. Like we can't get that if you're in Manhattan or, or London or something like it's just not really energetically accessible to us. But when you go someplace else that does function more from that feminine space, then it's where we can learn what that feels like. And then we can reconnect to that in our own space. And so like really allowing people to have the permission to know that they don't know how to do this or that it's not natural. Awareness is the basic. I think what travel brings, the most important thing is the self-awareness that brings about yourself. And, you know, you see this because you, from the place you are, you can think, oh, yeah, I'm perfectly balanced. I'm fine. But you are, you, when you are aware is when you can start changing and improving things. So if you are not in the place you want to be, is something there that is just not aligned or not balanced. And travel gives you this. Yeah. Well, I, I'm so happy for this conversation and I don't want to leave it, but we're near the end of our time. Is there anything else? I know like an hour almost just flew by. (laughs) Um, Anything else, Sonia, that um, in terms of how people can create more opportunity for transformation in their travel experiences, um, anything that else that you want to offer and then also how people can connect with you um, to work with you and learn more about this this type of travel and this type of experience. Yeah, I'm thinking if if uh, there is anybody who is listening who is thinking about creating a, or designing a trip that is transformational, that they want, you know, the person who will go in the trip is not the same person who will come back of the trip. It's a more advanced or evolved version of themselves and they are thinking of doing that. I actually have a travel journal in my website that I, I offer so they can go there travelawakens.com slash journal and download it it's just uh, my seven steps process from a to z to design this transformational travel experience so they they will make sure they make the most of this experience and most importantly they will bring back the benefits back home so it's there it's free just take it excellent thank you um i just this is like my favorite thing, obviously, this is the time, the space I spend a lot of time in. And I think it's so valuable. And I think as travelers, and really as humans, like this is the place that we need to be, because this not only helps us to deeply connect to ourselves, it helps us to deeply connect to others when we travel, which is another space I had wished to address with you, but maybe next time. So I just really encourage people to ask the questions and to listen 
when their body is telling them something, when their soul is telling them something, because it's true. (laughs) And I feel like no person has heard that and then answered and then been like, oh, that was wrong. (laughs) So really just to trust and to listen. We are not feeling, we are not connected with what we feel is like what others expect us to say. So we have the approval, the external approval. Yeah. To end our conversation, I always end with a series of um, rapid fire or rapid-ish fire questions. Um, So I'll bring you to those. (laughs) The first is, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Hmm. I, I would recommend people uh, who are in this space of transformational travel to read the book, uh, The Heroine's Journey. I know that this is The Hero's Journey from John Camp- uh, Joseph Campbell, which is very famous and many people refer to it, but The Heroine's Journey, um, Maureen Murlock, if I remember correctly, yeah, is the author. So yeah, this is the book. Oh, I haven't heard of that. And now I'm going to be so excited. Um, I, the last thing I need is more books. I wish I could turn my computer. I have a giant wall. But I would just like spend the rest of my days with books traveling. Um, what is always in your suitcase? A bit of sense of humor. <laughs> Oh, that is that is good. Every trip, you know. So be prepared. Sense of humor. Don't forget to pack this one. Yeah. Uh, what has been your favorite destination? I would say, look, I would say London because it was the first one that I, my first international trip that actually I did in my late twenties, and it was what was one that made a big a beginning and the end. When I was there, I remember I was there walking. I went with my family. And I had like a a vision, something came to me. Like I see myself there living there one day. And actually, eventually I was not feeling, I didn't end up in London, I ended up in Ireland. But was this, I don't know, I felt like one day I'm going to be here. And this, I wake, I wake something in me about international travel and travel. So I would say that. Yeah. And it's also, it's also where uh, the first time I, I uh, traveled with uh, my husband now before we got married and was London and was very special for New Sierra. So yeah, London. Um, again, like those, those voices and those clues, right? I, I remember walking down this grass road, not even a road in um, Uganda. And I just had this feeling too of like, you'll be back. Like I could just hear this place whispering to me and it's like, oh, Thank you for the invitation and just like recognizing it and not needing to know what it means right now. Like I haven't been back yet, but I know I will. Like I can, I just know that I will. Um, So listening for that when you travel, Um, where do you still long to visit? Many places, but I think a big, big in my bucket list is South America. Mm. Uh, What do you eat that immediately connects you to a place that you've been? That's funny because uh, I was now for uh, All Saints, for Halloween, here for All Saints Day, I was cooking some special sweets that uh, we do in, in, in my place in Catalonia, where I am from. And uh, I was until, because I was saying to my husband about it, but I didn't cook them, I didn't even eat them since I am living in Ireland. And this is six years ago. But he said, you should do it. Yeah, show me how they, they are. So I was cooking them and just 
the, the process of cooking, the smell and eating it just awakens so much memories of my childhood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's the sweets, all same sweets called panayets from, um, from the place I am from Catalonia. Yeah. And, and when we're talking about being mindful and being present, like that's one of the ways I think our body stores memories is through these, oh, that's all of your senses when you eat something, right? So that's why I love that. It's like it's these certain things will really transport us back to a moment in our lives or a moment on this planet, a place on this planet. Um, who was the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? My father. Mm-hmm. He always pushing me to go out and explore. And, and as I said, this leads me to the masculine world, but also it's good. So both are good, masculine and feminine are good. So he was always the one pushing me to go and go out of the comfort zone. And yeah, and this first trip to London I was talking about was, was my father's idea. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? Maybe it's a bit freaky, but uh, I would say uh, the philosopher Socrates, I always had something about it. And, you know, the all the know thyself and the philosophy and, and also I'm a psychologist and this came from my passion to uh, philosophy. So I don't know, it came like Socrates, so why not? <laughs> I mean, why not? You can choose anyone. <laughs> I will ask him so many questions, yeah. Um, well, I so greatly appreciate this connection and this conversation and you taking the time to really share um, in depth with my listeners what the power of transformation that lies in travel. So thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Pleasure, Christine. and an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story. Your story.